It's a daily talk show, episode 43, Tommy Jacket. Boom, Tish. Yeah, boy. I wish we had sound effects for this show. I know. Well, eventually, we'll get there where we have like a soundboard and I can just Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah. But you start just fucking really working them. You you outwork them. I outwork. Can you put your fucking phone on silent? Sorry, guys. The, um... Oh, actually, that's come off your computer, hasn't it? That did, so I just muted the the computer. So I do have my phone on silent. I've ended up turning off messages on my computer because I just get a bit panicked around showing people your computer and then just having some message <laughs> about being like, hey, you're still dealing with that fuckhead client or um, yeah, or just even like the less, Those just more like public displays of affection like... I miss you, Bubby, from Brie yeah. or something. I embrace those now. I'm just like, whatever. I got a fucking family. I love them to death. So I'm a big, I'm a big fucking softy. Yeah, great. I think, I think there was a time where I was try, would have been a bit more afraid. Uh-huh. But me and Campton, we fucking, we drill into each other about like the loviness. This is my best mate. He's got a, a kid and a little baby that's nearly the same age as Bodie a couple of months before. But he's been with his missus for ages, and we're just like. Have you got enough brownie points to come out for a beer this weekend? <laughs> I think that the it's probably even less that and more the you left your fucking undies on the floor again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, probably the ones. The you what to... you think it's like versus what it's actually like. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, relationships do change over time. Mm-hmm. It's all that just initial sort of um, what, what is it called? Not not grooming. It's a really Grooming, that's a really bad word. That's a really bad. Building a cult. I was just being honest, mate. It was the word that was on my mind. It's not the right Um, courting. Like that's the old school courting somebody. A little bit better than grooming. Yeah, (laughs) you go to court for grooming. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Groping, I think. Both. Yeah, a bit of both. (laughs) So, um, yeah. No. So, what do you think of the the elements? Uh, I think it's it's you put in a lot more effort in the early days. Uh-huh. And and there's so much more magic flying around in that time. Well, but- there's firsts. I think that we love, and that's probably why having a kid is so cool because mm. it's a way of like emulating. You are simulating firsts again. Yeah. You're just getting all these opportunities of like, there's not going to be another time that you have a kid that's mm. going to be wor- walking for the first time. Yeah, it's amazing. I even think um, like for people who haven't been in relationships for quite some time. Yeah. And the ones that are single that have frequent hookups is like there's a danger in that. I've always thought this because there's so much emotional um, explosiveness between, you know, it's like chemistry for the the time you meet someone out and you, you know, you hook up with them or you go on that first date. And so there's like, that's a heightened level of consciousness, like from those moments, right? That then it that stuff does dissipate. Mm. It's almost what you're describing as like diabetes, type two diabetes, <laughs> or something. No, literally, like right, what do you where mean? it's just where you've um they the fucked their insulin, like they've had all of these spikes, yeah, that it goes completely out of out of whack, yeah. Um, but but f- from being in long term relationship now, you're in one, yeah. I don't know if it's uh, speaking for myself here, but you you grow stronger. And it just is this completely different reward. And it's a different it's a different game that you're playing too, right? It goes from um, 
but I mean the the actual feeling of it, yeah. like the strength between a relationship. Like Absolutely. that's more rewarding, I think, than those initial really heightened emotional responses from meeting that person and locking eyes and kissing them for the first time. That all goes. Yeah. Well, it's like at the beginning, you're doing like a PR, like a bit of a show, right? <laughs> it's like communicating uh, how great you are yeah. or why you're a great partner. And then when we, you're at where we're at, it's mm. like we've gotten to a point where they we know each other's flaws mm. and we're still deciding that we want to be on this journey. And that's like... That's super rewarding, right? Because then it's like there's no hiding the truth. Yeah. And I think that that's when... Like I've definitely noticed that Brie and I have sort of merged closer together in the sense of what we're like personality-wise too. Mm. I think that obviously we've talked about the proximity effect before. You know, the people oh. you hang around. You can't get any sort of <laughs> closer, more... Yeah. Any closer than, than you and I. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. And that's why I brought you here today. No. Um, what's the, um, what changes do you know? Or like, what's the pinpoints? What are you, wh- where do you say it? Oh, moving in together, getting through the initial stage of that. Um, and then it, then it changing to be like this awesome, awesomeness. It's not the codependency, but it's like, you do rely on each other. You, you've got each other's back. It's so nice. Like, yeah. I, I see myself... The re- how restless I was as a single person mm-hmm. and I feel like I just have got my shit together with my partner and I guess it's that feeling of being on the lookout yeah I was like, always fucking I was always ready yeah and I think it's fucking half chub all the time <laughs> just... Josh you got together with Brie when you were 16 yeah it was early you... days I but I've seen it with friendships I've seen that where it's like I used the ch- to the half chub half chub on friends no I was always just like fucking ready to make a friend any moment <laughs> it's just like I'd be like okay I've got these four things that we yeah. need for this friendship to work one of them is we need to be following each other on Instagram you oh know, it's no a, it's oh that, no like, you just I feel and it happens so subconsciously yeah but I realised that I was like really seeking that out seeking out friendship and um I just don't give a fuck anymore. Like I, and it's, it means that when I make a friend, it's always like a bit of a surprise. I'm like, oh, that's cool that that worked out. <laughs> Whereas I feel like I would previously got, if I was like, okay, um, you know, just like, say for instance, if you go, um, you go to an event where you don't know many people in there, I feel like there's that heightened pressure of it's like, I need to fit in. Mm. I need to make friends and then that's sort of how you gauge. What do you like doing by yourself? <sighs> Other like, than the opposite. Uh, the, uh, well, you don't drink. So no. like going to... Uh, well, because actually, you, you love drinking by yourself. I actually don't mind having a beer at a bar by myself. Like if I was at the airport and I'm at that bar setting. I don't do it a lot. But if I was overseas, I'd, I like it. The, the, I mean, the opposite is, and that's I do it a lot, is have coffee by myself. Yeah. I think the being on a plane where I'm not talking to anyone, I really like. Like yeah. I've noticed that about me where if someone sits next to me, I used to probably be a little bit more open by literally go, I actually act super introverted. Yeah. I just don't fine. like, I was thinking about it yesterday, literally did not look at the guy next to me. 
Mm. It was funny because I was watching him emulate some of the shit that I was doing. No, what do you mean? Like I... um, I, because, you know, when you've traveled a bit, you end up like having these little fucking hacks that you'll do, right? So it's like, I got a cup of water and what I used to always do was I would like put down the tray and put the water there. I'm like, it's going to take me fucking 10 seconds to drink this and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. So I get my cup of water. He gets his, he puts his um, sort of, what the fuck's that word? Tray down. On the tray, yeah. Puts a tray down. And then I don't have the tray down. I like drink the water and then I just sort of squish it a little bit and put it on in the pocket in front of me. And then you just see him sort of slow, like (laughs) slowly put up his thing without even putting on it and doing the same thing. I was like, yeah, boy. I'm just like influencing this guy. I don't even have to look at him. Um, But no, I think that I, um, I definitely play that role constantly where it's just... Yeah, being on my own in, in those moments yeah. are great. And so it's like the, the, you're in a chaos, but it's quiet. But you're having a quiet time. Yeah, it's just the um, yeah the the ability. Just like obviously, it would be better if other people weren't around too. But it's mm. just a reality. But I think it's because I can switch off in those moments, mm. close my eyes, have no distractions. But um, I never feel like I'm alone anymore with phones. Yeah, and that's probably why I've mentioned the plane because. When I walked this morning and getting coffee for the... I You're was, a big walker and Instagrammer. I've yeah. No, I've noticed even yeah. when we're together. It's a bit it of gives, a routine. Gives breather shits. Um, but yeah, I'll, um, yeah I, was, I was walking. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go on my phone. But then I realized halfway through, I'm like, to be fair, I'm like listening to a YouTube video right now through my phone on my headphones. Like I'm not being present at yeah, all. Yeah, um, yeah the... The Instagram thing is... Uh... It's just switching off. I, I definitely don't do enough of it. Um, I, I mean, in the car, I'm listening, I'm calling people. It's like you almost want to distract yourself while driving. Well, <laughs> you distract yourself from your own voice, I yeah. think, too. Like, I um, will be listening to stuff to give give me focus. One thing that I heard, which was in that Habits book, not Essentialism, but the one, like, Better Than Before... Mm. Um, it's like about replacing, I think it was in that book around like replacing habits. So if you go to do something that you don't want to be doing, so negative type stuff, actually, no, who was it? Pinch yourself. No, 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 don't pinch yourself. Oh, no, it was, I know where I heard it from. I was watching a Seth Godin video last yeah. night. It's got like three letters. It's like a type of therapy. But essentially what they get you to do is say, for instance, if you are constantly looking at something online like say for instance like fucking uh looking at instagram you want to look at instagram less right every time that you have that moment Mm. you need to replace it with something else you need to retrain and so for me at the moment i've gotten some of those sort of things that i would consider slightly negative habits and i'll replace them with other ones for instance it's not the best habit switch at the moment is when i'm thinking about say going on instagram i'll open up New York Times I'll read an article hmm. I realise that that's still fucking the news is the worst but it's that first it is it is that um, it's that thing of like when you get into line somewhere opening up like iBooks and actually reading a few paragraphs or a yeah, few pages yeah. out of a well, book it's chipping away at that it's it's, it's like the um, video about the robot coffee machine that's like a, a legit robot arm making coffee and 
first time you go there, you kind of look at it, but most people end up just being on their phones. Yeah. So then it's just a robot making a coffee by itself without the attention. So another, yeah, it's it's weird. At least at you know coffee shop, you get an interaction. But I was talking um, to my friend yesterday, PK. He's he's an absolute legend, and um, I called him about some some business advice around hiring someone. Yeah. And we kind of just got talking and um, went away from the business stuff. He asked about Bodie, how yeah. my boy was. And he said, with a, with a, so my son's middle name is Valentine. He was mm-hmm. born on Valentine's Day yeah. in 2017. So Makes we called him sense. and we, we called him Bodie Valentine Jacket, which yeah. is his surname jacket. And he said, PK said to me, fuck, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy with that name. <laughs> And I, and I was thinking about, and I said to him, do you reckon there's anything in that around names? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you, it's such a rock star name or it's like, you know, does it, is there any merit to it? What do you reckon around the Absolutely. name that you're I mean, given? There's um, in the book uh, Outliers mm. by Malcolm Gladwell, they talk about uh, hockey players, I believe in Canada, Essentially, it's like 80% of hockey players were born in like these three months. Yeah, I've read that part. Yeah. Of it. Yeah, yeah, And the reason it is, is because it's like those kids tend to be taller. They're older for their age group. Yeah. They get more sort of attention. They're stronger. They get, the, they get more sort of coach time, which leads to them being able to play professionally. Mm-hmm. There's also a bunch of... Um, there was uh what was it called brain I forgot the the name of the um podcast it's got brain in the title mm. but they talk about uh, they did an episode around how uh if someone has the same name as you or birthday we naturally like them more interesting and we connect we we create these connections that we don't even know that we're doing so there's a good chance that if someone's got a birthday that's close to you you tend to like them more. Interesting. And so, what about Bodhi's name? Do you think it... I mean, it's a standout yeah, name, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that it's... Um, yeah, definitely got that vibe. But I think that that's, like, to be honest, that's a, um, a problem that we're seeing in regards to that unconscious bias thing when it's like... And we, when we talk about privilege, if we actually take a moment to think about that for a moment how much it might influence Bodhi. Mm. Imagine if you are a um, someone who's got an accent or who has a name that's specifically from a country. I know that I've caught myself in moments where I heard an accent and doing a deal with someone and I was, I thought, okay, I put them in a bit of a box. I'm like, okay, mm. culturally, this is how they negotiate. So I'm going to be ready for this. When I was selling, I don't didn't tell you this one sold my first thing on Gumtree. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah. Um, put it on, put this uh, mixer up for 800 bucks, which was a decent amount of coin because I probably paid like 1100 bucks from it like three and a bit years ago. Mm. So it's like, it's, that's, that's a good chunk of coin if I was to get that. Anyway, the guy, um, I had someone off for 650. They were being a pain in the ass. This one guy called up he said 550 I'm like mm. nah, no way and he's like oh, the most I could do is 600 I'm like okay contacted the guy who said 650 and he was like 
oh, has the mixer got a case? Has it got this? I'm like... Uh, hard basket. Yeah, f- this fucking idiot. Fuck off. Yeah, I was like, fuck off. So I was like, <laughs> I'll, um, I'm just going to call up this other guy and yeah. say, uh, if you're going to be easy and you can come now, I'll sell it for 600 So I did that. He comes, he's with his mate. Mm-hmm. They, um, I just get, I have it at the, I'm holding it I'm at the, out the front. They came like 40 minutes away from 40 minutes away. And they, uh, they said, how do we know it's working? I'm like, okay, that's a fair question. So I'm like, oh, let's just go into my like apartment lobby and we'll plug it in. And they're like, oh, okay. And so does it got a case? I'm like, no, it doesn't have a case. Like I said, they didn't have a case. And I just said straight away, I'm like, look, um, I only wanted to do this if it was going to be easy. It all works. And they're like, okay. And they're like, oh, when did you buy it? I was like, you know, a few years ago or whatever. And like, okay. I like, they're like, okay, 550. I'm like, no. They're like, oh, we've got, we've got 550. Yeah, solid bargaining. I was like, oh, well, that's fine. I just don't need to sell it now. So I'm you like, said this? Yeah. I said, because they had done. Oh, you're a hard motherfucker well, nowadays. Years, if they've gone 40, <laughs> if they've driven 40 minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. waste your fucking money yeah, then, yeah. right? So anyway, and the thing is that I was asking, like, oh, what, what are you guys doing with the mixer? I'm like, are you like doing a podcast? And they're like, yeah, something like that. What does that mean? Well, what my vibe was that they're probably flipping this shit. So they're like, maybe they could get 700 something from somewhere else. Something like that. Yeah, something like that was just a, such a weird fucking response. That is. That's, it's nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like something that. Something like that. I was like, guys, do you even know what the fuck you're on about? But anyway, so I, um, he had 550 and they had their hands on it at this point. They had the mixer and I just went to grab it. I'm like, oh, look, um, as I said, I just wanted to make it as simple as possible, but 600 was the lowest I'd go. So, you know, have a nice day, basically. Yeah. And then the guy pulls out the other 50. Out yeah, of his he pocket. just kept it in his cheek. He's just like, yeah. I fucking hate that shit. I've done the same, but it's, as in, I've been the, the you dude had the with fact the 50. This, you had this on the, um, we talked about this on the podcast when you were selling your car for scraps. Oh yeah, that cheeky and cheeky the fucking freak. guy who like what was it had a few hundred bucks or whatever on the thing and then he tried to yeah yeah I mean but that's negotiation it's it's hard so you but you I know your mindset behind that you're yeah. just like not giving a shit you dealed with all these other idiots so you'd almost yeah. pre had those feelings before and then totally formed the the new feeling or the new yeah. belief around like well if he doesn't give me six hundred I'm not fucking yeah. selling it. Well the thing is that I think there's a few elements at play. One of them is the person who cares less wins. Yes. Right? Because I was happy to be like, I don't need a fucking I haven't driven here to drop it off. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if you've just wasted your time. Um so there's 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 that case. But the other thing about negotiation Do you say there was a case? With it? No, there wasn't. No, case. no case. No, no case. Okay. <laughs> but the the other thing is that um, negotiation isn't just about like stand. Like people think that what it is is it's like standing by your price. You say a price, I say a price. We meet mm. in the middle, stuff like that. It's called anchoring, right? So yeah. it's like by me saying a price initially, I'm anchoring in that price, so eight hundred dollars, and so that people can sort of do their math and say, ah, oh, you know. We'll do $150 less or that sort of thing. But the best negotiation doesn't necessarily just work that way. What people I think underestimate and what I've read about is compromise. Mm. Like the And Richard Branson talks about it. The best negotiation 
is coming up with a mutually beneficial result. Yeah. Not a result that tips in your favor. Yeah, yeah. And this is and this is the thing that's constantly missed. Like people that you'll deal with where it's like, hang on, you are literally just fighting for you to get the cheapest thing, the best thing at the cheapest price. Mm. And that's not that's not what it's about. So like I'm always talking about, okay, well what's how can we make this beneficial for both of us? Because Richard Branson's point is it's like he'll end up working with people again. And if he's being fucking fair about it, it's a lot different to yeah. people. So it's like jousting. You, you like you don't want to never joust. Someone's coming. Oh, I mean that. But it's, you don't. Someone doesn't have to come off the fucking horse. Someone doesn't have to be so jousting. They're chest. on a horse. Isn't that jousting? Is like I want to hear this analogy sticks? more. Go, go on, mate. Fucking. Let me just type in jousting. No, just so I'm making don't. sure. Do you know what jousting is, though? I think is it the medieval shit. It would have been at Crow Castle. I'm sure they do a bunch jousting of jousting sticks. Yeah, so it's like the two horses coming at each other with the knights on the horses with the stick. Yeah, and someone comes off, and that person's a loser. Yeah, and so it's like in the negotiation, it's it it could be more detrimental to have the loser that walks away with less money, and you've 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 come away with saving all this cash. And so you, you're the winner, but it's yeah, even sure. when even in quoting for for business, yeah, I think it's what your what you said about mutual mutually beneficial. beneficial. Yeah. yeah, so like I quoted a job yesterday that basically was enough money for my time and to bring in some people to help with it. Yeah, to give them a really solid product that wasn't massively over budget. And that's the thing, like I'm always fine with quoting when I can see the value in the in the client, the benefit in the client. And whenever I've gone off that where I'm like, oh, this client wants this thing, mm. but I don't actually necessarily think it's beneficial, but they want it and they're going to spend the money, so I'll do it anyway. Like they've always ended up being a clusterfuck mm. because they've always sort of misinterpreted the value mm. and then being disappointed. So I'll only enter into a project now if I can see if I can make the connections and say this is the value and make it a, a fair mm. transaction. Uh, let's bring it back to um, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So the I I, I kind of had an idea what it meant. And I just looked up the the meaning. Self-fulfilling prophecy is when a person unknowingly causes a prediction to come true due to the simple fact that he or she accepts it to come true. In other words, an expectation about a subject, such as a person or event, can affect our behavior towards that subject, which causes the expectation to be realized. Yeah. So it's a, And you said before, fake. it's like fake it's it fake till you make, make it. it. Or like I also think that it plays into that unconscious bias really well because the thing is it's like if you're ready say for instance if you're like if all attractive people are fucking egomaniacs and Mm. idiots you will find anytime you meet them you'll find a a reason to fucking hate someone Mm. it's very easy to to work that out so i think that I always try and watch myself when I'm thinking about these types of things because I'm like, I might actually influence. I might just put off that vibe. I might be looking out for a problem when there's yeah. not a problem. There. This is interesting. I hadn't heard of this. A self-defeating prophecy self de, de, uh, or a self-destroying prophecy is the, co- uh, the complementary opposite of a self-fulfilling prophecy, a prediction that prevents what it predicts from happening. What the this fact is, that is also mean? known as the prophet's dilemma. A self-defeating prophecy can be the result 
of rebellion to the prediction. Interesting. So that could be... So for me, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy is you... It's almost a little bit before faking it to you make it. You you almost have to believe it. It's like, okay, maybe here's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your belief that you'll be successful enough and make money so you're not hunt, not crazy worried about money now. Yeah. And I feel the same way too, right? Yeah. And so maybe that, and I totally believe that. It's the like, thing oh. is, self-fulfilling pro- prophecy, I'll give you like a real world example. It's when I lose weight, I will be happier, right? And the thing that if you to deconstruct it, where it's like, if I lose weight and I feel better about myself and then all of a sudden it, it removes all of this internal voice, I have more confidence, mm. I'll start to project all of these things. Mm. Like so many of the things that we experience are more about what we're projecting rather than mm. like, why is it that everyone seems to be a cunt when we're in a bad mood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's its own self fulfilling prophecy. It's like I like when I'm when I'm in a bad mood and I'm driving, dickheads seem to always be out on the road. But then I catch myself in moments when I'm in a good mood and I'll let who I would normally consider an absolute idiot for like, you know, yeah, yeah. how they're driving. I'll just let them in and it won't be a problem. Yeah, it's nice. So you you're putting out and you're getting that back. Yeah. And so it's, it's before that- you're putting out cunt vibes exactly well the other thing too is it's like if we realize this and this was to what i was talking about what seth godin was talking about which is like these thought patterns Mm. we can if we know if we can realize our triggers we can um we can identify them and we can actually like switch it up right Mm. so it's like um it could be as simple as if you're in a situation where you're frustrated with customer service you have to smile. What happens yeah, if rather yeah, yeah. than getting mad, you just need to smile and that physical... Res- he didn't talk about this, but I'm sort of yeah. bun- getting going from a bunch of different sort of theories. If all of a sudden you smile, you can change a moment like that and you can potentially get some more perspective and you're able to um, you know, change change your mood. Well, I mean, there's a few things of that. Um, the uh, was it physiology changes psychology. So actually smiling is on the way to feeling yeah that emotion Absolutely. of what smiling means you yeah. know happy i smile a heap yeah. makes me feel nice i smile at people they smile back i had a woman in the gym once say you're always smiling i was like fuck is that a bad thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you're probably being a bit of a creeper but <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no but it's um it's definitely you can get real fucking cynical and you can see them from a mile away. Like one of the things that I've been noticing is hanging out with different types of people and I definitely put them in boxes and it can serve me in some regards because I know how to speak to them. So there's one type of archetype, which is an older dude who whatever for whatever reason, they've got a bit of a complex. Mm. They tend to be sort of talk about money a lot they're very cynical they're sort of yeah uh and they're they're driven by ego so there's a real effort that i always make to like oh geez well you wouldn't fucking ever do that like you're not an idiot like that person you know it's the language that you start to use to sort of position and you can see their and it's 
it comes from a gross place, which is like this desire of becoming liked, right? Yeah. Like, I know that the thing that you want to hear right now is, is that, this, yeah, this, yeah. and this, and I'll give it to you. But it almost gives you a sense of power, I think. It's like, and it's not right. And yeah. I feel like I've done it before. But with the opposite. You've outsmarted them because you know exactly their communication style. Yeah. But it's like when people use that for the, for the wrong reason. Well, you see the insecurities in people, right? And yeah. I think that probably an immature approach and what I've done previously is you see the insecurity and you run to it. Mm. But what I tend to do is I see the insecurity and then I work with it. I'm like, okay, well, like if, we, if we're working out that what they're really, you know, if you're on set with someone and they're saying all of these things, which is like, it's like the people who are really confident, they don't need to tell you they're confident, right? Mm. Because they're just fucking, they've got swagger, they're confident, they're sorted. But if you've got someone who's constantly talking about the things they're doing and stuff like that or trying to justify certain things, mm. it straight away gives you a position. But it's powerful because then you can project that back onto them. So you can say, man, that's so fucking cool. Like, Because my desire in those moments is just like, Oh yeah, cool, bro. Like real cool story because <laughs> yeah. I know where you. Play. But what happens if you do the opposite? What happens if you say, "Oh, like um, oh, that's super." Oh, really, you know that person? What are they like? Yeah, and you, but you, you're almost stroking their ego. Yeah, but it's um, <laughs> I think that we can't expect people are going to be awakened or have have some sort of phenomenal self-awareness within the moment that we're having a conversation so it's probably best for us to adapt to be able to get the th- to to be able to work together and make yeah. things happen hey, so have you had this happen to you do you think someone's stroked yeah uh, like there's definitely moments where i'm like uh, it only comes out when people are being too disconnected from what they're normally like so you can tell when someone or I, I like to think anyway, they've got an okay judgment in working out when someone is just saying something to make me happy. Yeah, It normally only comes out when I see them uh, doing that to someone else, right? Mm. So, for instance, I've worked with people where you'll see them be like, I can't believe this fucking person's done this, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll see them talking to them and they're all lovely and they're saying all these things so then you sort of create this connection like okay fake they're acting this way to them and so then i'll always have that and i'll i feel like a lot of people can't recognize that in themselves they probably don't even realize they're doing uh, doing it and you just sort of what do you think i do do you think i because i in my head i don't like the thought of people that are fucking they're like that see someone like bro how are you fucking idiot yeah behind their back yeah it's like not that i don't i don't have to be calling them a fucking idiot if i think they're a fucking idiot to their head their head (laughs) to their head (laughs) well i think the thing it's also it you know what the thing is it comes down to respect Mm. when you and i first started hanging out uh that we didn't have that respect we didn't have the mutually mutual respect built up so I always got the sense of I'm like, okay, Tommy knows that I know a little bit of this tech technical stuff, but you you didn't. I don't think when we were first hanging out, you really understood my business interests or mm. that sort of thing. I and maybe that's my own insecurity. I actually or didn't thing. care. Yeah, I actually wasn't hanging out with you. Yeah. Well, for that but we so weren't even like hanging it wasn't, out that was even pre-hanging out right yeah, that's like yeah. oh let's catch up for a coffee and all that but sort that's of you putting worth on your your sort of 
achievements and me and me but and i never didn't put worth on that because i just didn't know so i didn't know what i didn't well know, i think right? it's an it's an actions thing right so like you if you go back to and this happens it's like uh watching the minimalists uh, a couple of nights ago in sydney they were t- they had someone where they were like that were saying that they always get used and they're like well one good thing is that it means that you actually have some value to give. You only yeah. get used yeah. if you can bring value. And that, I guess, is one of the things where it's like our relationship at the beginning was a little bit transactional in the sense that if you... Because I remember going back, I'm like, what was our Tommy and my first conversations? And if you think about it, like... And it makes the only complete- time I've ever done that is with a relationship. <laughs> no, well, we were, I was doing it for content. But the thing is that what you realize it's like actually at the beginning it's all this like serendipity but it's very much like hey man can i can we just have a chat about this or what would you do in this scenario like and that's it makes complete sense because especially as you become adults it's like that's the only way that you're able to create that and then you start to understand it starts in this sort of transactional space Mm. And then it slowly gets into a point where it's actually like oh no i like hanging out with this person yeah i mean friendships take time and how they build it it could be from that or it could be from working together so yeah. there's you know you're not competing or it's like it's it's weird how relationships evolve i, yeah. th- I like it it's a, it's really interesting when you're like fuck that is nice look at the friendship i've formed from that little moment chance meeting or yeah. you know like it, i love that i love that about life yeah it is and it's um i think that the only way that you can make it work is having that happiness and sort of security in yourself mm. to be able to like let people in properly. I think you need to be authentic and you need to be you need to be comfortable where you're at because if you don't even know yourself, then you don't know what you're projecting. And if you don't know what you're projecting, you actually don't have any self awareness of how other people see you. Yeah. But once you have all that dialed in, it becomes a little bit easier. I think. Yeah. Anyway, it's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. You can uh, send us an email. We haven't gotten any today. Michelle no. Michelle did tell me that the package has been picked up, but I think that just means that it's at the PO box. Because well, you haven't got anything. Oh, well, I literally, I haven't walked and I haven't been able to leave the house because I've been working. And you can't but, tomorrow. So let's do it Monday. Let's see if we can get it Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. We, we'll be able to get it and check it out. Michelle, I think it must be just hanging there. Hopefully it's, uh, it's going to be okay. And uh, feel free to send us an email anytime. Hi at the Daily Talk Show. We've had emails from BMAC, from Jody, um, some random that some made ra- up a story that was quite funny. Appreciate yeah, that, Michelle, regular emailer. But we love the emails. Yeah, it's and awesome. Anytime that we can have stuff to uh, talk about is uh, is appreciated because doing it fucking every day and having something to say can be hard work. <laughs> but it's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Have a great day.